I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez the Best. Today is Friday, June 30, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Happy end of the month, everyone. Wow. It's July. We are, what is it, halfway through the year? Is that is that the halfway point, like literally? What is 365 days divided by two? Is that, are we in the middle? Anyway, what's up, man? How are you doing? Did you have a great week? Hopefully. Happy weekend to everyone out there. Man, I had one hell of a day yesterday. Let me tell you about it, okay, man? I'll also talk about some other stuff. Don't worry. But I just have to tell you. So yesterday, I had a on-cam hosting gig. So I was, you know, I went to this uh, factory. I don't know if I can say the name of the company yet, but basically I played a role of an employee at a, a at a cement factory. So I dressed up as a as a factory worker and I did on-cam spiels. It, the factory first of all it was so huge and so like I was surprised because every time I walk by any sort of construction site or construction whatever you know, here in, in Metro Manila, like it looks, it looks kind of ratchet, right? Like the workers are wearing uh, flip flops and shit. And I don't know, I've never really seen inside, but this was an actual cement making plant. And wow, it's so technologically advanced. They had machines that were packing everything. It was so cool. Uh, but my job description for the day, uh, other than dressing up as a construction worker in a sense, or as a, uh, as a plant worker, is I had to do on-cam spiels promoting, like, it, it, it was for a, a job AVP kind of thing. So basically, it's a recruitment video. And they gave me the script and everything. And the first half of the day was really good. Like, I think I, I, I was, we did, we made great time. Like, we had 10 different scenes to film. And at by, I got there at 7. We started filming around 9.30. And by lunchtime, we had, we were done with five of them. So we were making great time. And then, and then something happened. Something that I don't know if I've ever experienced, at least in that level of intensity. I, my brain like shut off. And it was so disheartening. And, and I was so sad. I don't know why it happened. Because, well, they gave me the script. And, you know, I only had maybe two days to memorize the script. Uh, per se, but you don't have to. Normally, I'm good at seeing those things and reading it. And even on the day of, if I sometimes clients will give you a script on the day of the shoot, and you know, it just takes me a few takes. My God, man! For three of these last five scenes that we had to film, I had mental. I, I don't. I've never had writer's block before, but I'm guessing it's the equivalent of what writer's block is for a a, a, a host. I could not for the life of me remember certain phrases. I mean, granted, it was still like a block of 40 or 50 words. And there were some technical terms that I had to make sure that I got right. Oh, my God. Friends, I 
for the for the first time in what I would say is a long time in my career, I felt like I was such a noob. Like I wanted to cry. Like literally I was on the verge of tears because I was so embarrassed that I couldn't get through the spiel. And you know, and the crew and everyone that even the the staff of the the the, the crew was an outsourced team. The staff that was assisting me was like the head of the marketing of that uh, cement company. And they were so cool, so nice. But I could tell when I was struggling that they were just praying that the next take would be the next one. It came to the point where we had to cut out some lines because I literally and physically could not get through it. And I don't know, it's kind of weighing on me up until now. A, because I really wanted to do a good job because, you know, as I said in previous podcasts, if you do a good job, usually they'll get you again, whether it's the creative video team or the, the the cement team, like if they get me for a future project, or if the video team like me and they're like, hey, this guy would be a good fit for another video that we're working on. But I don't think I performed well enough for them to consider me on that level. And that was really disheartening disheartening for me. It was a big ego boost, or ego, uh, e- not ego boost. It took My ego took a big hit because I feel like I'm good enough to do it. I honestly do. But just the last half of the shoot I because of me because of me I literally extended the shoot for another maybe two two or two and a half hours simply because I could not fucking remember my fucking lines bro oh god does anyone ever felt that way like I I'm sure I'm sure you have and I've felt it in other aspects of life but in this profession which I consider like I consider myself a professional in this industry I felt like I did not live up to what I should have been for them. And it's killing me, man, up until today, because it was yesterday, all, all day yesterday. And it was all the way like it was far. It was a far away location. And also, granted, I didn't get enough sleep, but that's my fault uh, because I went to go watch Indiana Jones the night before. I'm, I'm putting my hands over my face because I'm I fucking I'm still thinking about it. So yeah, that's the first reason that A, I wanted to do a good job and I wanted to hopefully work with them in the future. But B, the, the second, the second thing is, fuck man, like, oh, I want to cry. The, the second thing is like, I just wasted everyone's time. And man, and the thing is that the team was so cool, man. Like, and you know, in between like takes, especially during lunch and whatever, like we were just talking, whatever. And it was really nice of them after I struggled through the first one or two scenes at the end of the day. They were super encouraging about it. And, you know, usually that they should, and they were even trying to, you know, console me in a sense because they knew that I felt bad because I was really apologetic. But fuck, dude, I just, I, at the end, at that point, I just wanted to finish and get it done. And I, I felt like I couldn't deliver my best performance. Even after I finally got through the scenes, the way I delivered the lines was more of me reciting. In my opinion, I still think I tried my best, but it felt like I was reciting more than I was, like, performing. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I was just kind of hoping that I could just remember the words instead of delivering the words in a way that I felt would be the best way to deliver it. Fuck. <laughs> you guys have no idea. I am so fucking disheartened right now. I have question. I, I feel like I'm having an existential crisis about am I doing, am I in the right field of work? Like it came to that point where I was like, fuck man, somebody else could do the, a better job than me. And I don't even know why they took me and all these, uh, you know, things that I rarely struggle with. 
you know, some people, you know, Rika always talks about it. What's that? That um, imposter syndrome. I feel like I'm really feeling that for the first time in what I'd say is a many, many years. I feel like I don't fucking know why I was so garbage yesterday. Fuck! I'm so sorry I'm ranting on the podcast. I feel like I needed to get it out there, man. Ah. Anyway, I mean... They were still really cool and uh, very professional. The team was really professional. I got paid right after, like immediately right after. And I felt, I felt like I, I felt bad taking the money, man. I literally, I was, I just, I, if they didn't pay me, I would have been like, fair. I would have just walked out and I wouldn't have thought a second of it because that's how bad I felt, man. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to a less depressing topic. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, as my good friend Rhea Rams uh, calls him, Injana Jones. <laughs> Rhea Rams hosted the monster movie, uh, the monster movie screening of Indiana Jones. I got tickets, thankfully, and I watched it. So if you don't know, Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny is the fifth movie in the Harrison Ford Indiana Jones series. Yes, there are five of them now, in case you missed the fourth one, Crystal Skull, which I think actually came out maybe 10 years ago or so now, because I was still working in the movie theater back then when I uh, when it came out, the one with Shia LaBeouf. And it's not a reboot, it's a continuation, and you'd be surprised how, how old is Harrison Ford. Alexa, how old is Harrison Ford? Let me see. From TechRenet.com. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford is currently aged 79. 79. So there we go. So 79 year Okay, enough. Thank you. Alexa. Stop. Yes. Alexa, stop. 79 year old Harrison Ford. He was surprisingly very limber. Uh they also do a whole flashback thing. Uh, I don't think that's a spoiler, but there's a flashback scene where they use de-aging technology and I thought the de-aging looked pretty good. There's some parts where you're like, "I don't know how I feel about it." But for the most part, it felt pretty good. And they explain, I feel like they give little hints as to why he's still able to do all these crazy stunts and shit. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, maybe it's more of an Easter egg, actually. But it doesn't seem far-fetched. I think my concern going into the movie was like, how can I take 79-year-old Indiana Jones seriously? So, yeah, there's that. The action sequences, I think, are really good. There's this one chase scene in, I forgot, like Morocco or something, which is like on par with the top chase scenes in top tier action movies that you see today. Uh the side character, the new like sidekick uh character that they introduced was very for me very good, uh entertaining, funny. Uh Phoebe Waller Bridge Bridge from I think Fleabag, which I haven't seen, although based on her performance in this movie, I finally think I have to give it a go because it's been recommended to me a few times. I just never took the time to watch it, but she was very good. The only thing in terms of characters that I disliked really was there's a kid again. And I think they were trying to give some sort of parallel to Short Round. You know, the Ki Hui Kwan's character in the, was it the second movie? Dr. Jones! Um, I think they were trying to incorporate a kid aspect, maybe to draw in... The younger audience, I would say, to make kids who watch this movie with their parents, give them someone relatable to latch onto in the film. I just thought he was an unnecessary character. And, you know, he was only really relevant towards the end. You'll see why. But, man, it was 
it was it was a good movie. You know, I was kind of skeptical as well because the early early reviews were kind of hating on it, saying like it shouldn't have been made. But then when I go into the Reddit discussion today, a lot of people really enjoyed it. And I, I said, I think the same as well. Paeng was there as well during the screening. And after the movie, we, we talked about it for a little bit. And he said he enjoyed it too. Uh, although he did enjoy the Shia LaBeouf one, which I fucking hated. So, you know, the, to each their own, right? But overall, it's a fantastic, if, if it, if they're gonna finally end it on this one, it's a fantastic ending to the Harrison Ford. I mean, he's too fucking old. He can't do it anymore, I think. Even if they do the, you know, even though he's great in the TV show Shrinking, by the way, you should watch that. I don't think he can do the action thing for much longer. So if it's the finale, if it's the uh, the final chapter of the Harris or Harrison Ford version, I think it was a good way to end it. I thought the ending, like there's a there's a sequence in the end, which is really, I think it's going to be like a make or break aspect of the movie. Kind of like uh, the Maisie Day Black Mirror episode, which I'll talk, I'm going to, I promised you guys last week I'd talk about Black Mirror. Um, so if you don't like that, I guess you could call it a twist at the end, then maybe you won't enjoy the movie. But I thought it was really good, really well done. It wasn't cheesy or corny like I thought it would, it might end up being, you know, after, after understanding the realization of what happens towards the last half, it could have been really corny, but it wasn't. And I liked it a lot. Um... Yeah, just go watch it. Is it worth the the tickets in the theater, JC? I guess that's a, that's an important question. Should I just wait for it to appear on Disney Plus, JC? Um, for me, I mean, I watched it for free, so maybe I'm not the best uh, person to answer this. But had I paid for it and left the theater, I would not have regretted it. So I guess that's your answer. I think it's worth uh the time because just for a reference point had i when i watched the indiana jones crystal skull movie with shia labeouf even though i got it in for free because i worked at the theater i still regretted watching it in general for this one i did not and yeah i mean i I guess another thing i mean i don't really want to give away any spoilers another thing i would say is the henchmen of the villains were super underdeveloped the main villain was also a little bit underdeveloped. Very, very normal. I mean, nothing spectacular about... I think it was Mads Mikkelsen who played him. Nothing spectacular about the villain. Uh, his uh, his motivations seemed very boring, in my opinion. But not not bad. It's just, if you watch it, I think you can you kind of get where I'm coming from. All right, so watch, in, watch Indiana Jones, man. Uh, before I talk about uh, Black Mirror, which because I feel like I'm going to go in-depth about the season... And I'll also give you a chance right now. If you haven't seen it, this is probably the time to hang up the podcast for this episode. I started watching uh, Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus. So Secret Invasion, if you don't know, it's the latest Disney Plus Marvel uh, offering starring uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Cage. And uh, it's two episodes deep so far. And I am and I am invested. I am invested, believe it or not, friends, because... The last few offerings from the MCU TV universe, I guess, I kind of have not latched onto. Uh, Miss Marvel, I stopped watching two episodes in. She-Hulk, I haven't even tried. I don't know why. And, you know, I, it's not because of the review bombing and the people who hate on it. I just, I fucking don't know why She-Hulk doesn't appeal to me. I watched the trailer. Maybe that's why. But I hear it's okay. 
but I just I I hadn't get and and it, it looked a little goofy, right? Same with Miss Marvel. It's a little too kitty from what I was the vibe it was giving off was a little too kitty. And maybe that's the point. Maybe I'm not the market. But Secret Invasion is is like a spy thriller thing. And it has fucking Nick Fury in it. I mean, Nick uh, Samuel, I keep saying Nicolas Cage, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who I think is finally able to showcase more range than the badass, like smart ass Nick Fury that we get in the, the rest of the move, MCU movies that we've seen so far. We finally see more character depth. And if you watch the end of episode two, I'm not going to spoil it, but damn, what? That was pretty, I did not see that coming. I will tell you that. Uh, and it also stars Ben, Men- uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who I haven't seen in anything else outside of him playing a scroll. Or maybe I have, I just don't know what his iconic roles are, but he's pretty good in it. Who else does it star? The main villain is this good-looking, light-skinned black guy. I don't know the name of the actor. It looks like the guy from Bridgerton. It might be him, but I don't think it is. Because I know the Bridgerton guy, the Renee Page guy. I don't think it's him, but they look the same. And the other character in that film, or in that show, is uh, Daenerys. I always forget her real name. Queen of Dragons, hot babe girl. I forget her name. But uh, she's in it, and so far we haven't seen much of her. I haven't seen enough of her in the two episodes to kind of make any sort of recommendation if she's good or not. But so far, Samuel L. Jackson is the star of the show, uh, rightfully so. It's his show, and he's he's doing a great job so far. The other show that I'm also just that I just started. I know I'm a year late because I did not like Book of Boba Fett. I kind of got. The same sort of feeling that I got when I watched Miss Marvel and stuff like I, I, I stopped caring. But I, I'm three episodes deep as well. And this one I can probably finish by the end of the week is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I remember being pretty hyped about watching it. But then when I, w- I was watching Jango Fett or not Jango Fett, uh, Book of Boba Fett, I, I just I fucking found that show so boring that I just stopped thinking about the Star Wars universe in general. But so far, the Obi Wan show I think is also pretty good. It has a it has young Princess Leia in it, and she's a big part of the show. And you guys know how much I fucking hate kids in movies and TV shows, right? Most of the time, I fucking hate them. In this case, I hate her, but also I get it because she's like six years old or whatever in ta- in the in the in the story. But it really is uh, Ewan McGregor like fucking doing his thing and. Obi-Wan has cemented himself for me as probably my favorite Jedi. It used to be Qui-Gon Jinn and then it moved on to Mace Windu. Like, I fucking hate Luke Skywalker. Not, I don't hate him, but I never really thought Luke Skywalker was a cool character. Even when it was only episode four, five, and six, I always found Luke Skywalker so corny. And even in the, like, the, the latest trilogy, right? When he shows up when he's old man Luke and then he's like an apparition. I never found him that cool, right? I always thought Han Solo was the way cooler character. Um, and Chewbacca and shit. Like, I, I didn't give a shit about Luke, right? When he got his hand cut off and then he found out that Vader was his father. I'm like, so? Fuck you, Luke. I, so, but Obi-Wan, man, coolest fucking character in the Star Wars universe, hands down for me now. Like, no question about it. I'm so down with that. I'm so down with Obi-Wan it's not even funny. Like he's, I want to buy his lightsaber. I want to buy a Force FX lightsaber. If any of you guys have any experience with the Force FX or whatever the 
Saber something here. Saber Philippines. I know they have like a brand that they use. I'm going to go buy the fucking Obi-Wan lightsaber. I was thinking of Mace Windu because he has the, because it's, A, it's Samuel L. Jackson again. And also he has a purple lightsaber, which you don't see anywhere else in the movies and shows at least, at least in the movies. I know they probably have some in the expanded Star Wars universe. And Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon was cool because he just was so fucking cool in episode one. Like, and, and I wanted him to beat, uh, what's his name? The two sword guy, Darth Maul. Darth Maul is pretty cool too, by the way. He's probably my favorite villain in a Star Wars, which is a shame, which is why I'm so sad that the, the Han Solo, solo movie did not perform well because if you watch that right at the end, they show that he's alive. Although I already knew he was alive because I watched the uh, the cartoon shows, like the animated shows. But if you just watched the movies, it was promising for more of uh, more Darth Maul. But I don't think they're ever going to explore that. And also, what's her name was in it too. Fucking Daenerys Dragon Girl was in that movie too. Now that I think about it, huh? Well, what do you know, man? We all exist in the same fucking universes created or owned by Disney. But yeah, Obi-Wan, I, I'm going to finish it probably this week, so I'll let you know what I think. But so far, three episodes deep. It's cool. It, and I think Ewan McGregor does a great job of portraying Obi-Wan after the Jedi have fallen. And he hasn't really used the Force or fought or done. He's been laying low for like 10 years. So he does a great job of portraying like him being uh, uh, reluctant to use the Force because he's trying to protect, uh, you know, he's trying to protect... A baby Luke in this case that that was his job right to, to watch over Luke on Tatooine so I, I guess I'm going super nerdy now let's talk about Black Mirror all right we're doing it in Black Mirror I promise you a deep dive so this is where you can jump off the podcast for real this time if you don't want to be spoiled for Black Mirror let me pull up the episode list just so that I can give you the right titles Black Mirror episode six all right let's talk about it man Maisie Day I'm gonna let's start with the worst one Fucking Maisie Day, starring Zazie Beats and that one hot guy in the Falcon Winter Soldier where he plays the new character that's going to replace, I think, Falcon in the future. Fuck, that episode is literally the worst Black Mirror episode I've ever seen. I've watched every single Black Mirror episode, and I can say without hesitation, it is the worst one. Why? Because they fucking had a werewolf in there. For no reason. I would have got it if they gave hints towards it. Maybe they did, you know, at the start of the thing where she's driving and then she kind of forgets what happened. Uh, yeah, okay. But had they maybe, it had they gradually built up towards that one girl, Maisie Day, becoming, becoming a werewolf at the end, it would have been okay. But it just felt like the writers or whoever was like, yeah, let's make this bitch a werewolf, man. <laughs> it, it really felt like out of left field. I haven't been that. It was such a jarring, uh, a jarring, like, difference. I, I don't know the word. I'm trying to find the right word. But it was such a stark contrast, a jarring contrast from what I thought the episode was trying to highlight, which was, you know, paparazzi and invasion of privacy using technology, you know, camera technology, which I guess... And in overall, by the way, let me just say that this season uh, was very lacking in terms of its connection to Black Mirror technology. Like, Black Mirror is the name of the show, 
And if I'm not mistaken, the name Black Mirror comes from uh, when you look at your your phone screen and the phone is off or on sleep mode. That black that is the Black Mirror. Like that's so it's supposed to be all about how technology uh, is kind of dangerous and might fuck us up in the future. I mean, just look at the top episodes. It's all technology based. Uh, so I thought it was going to go down the paparazzi route and nothing against Zazie Beat, nothing against the girl who plays Maisie Day, who I don't know who she is. Like, you know, they had to work with what they were given. But my God, that episode was a bad. Oh, no, no, wait, I'm trying to do a wolf. Boo! That, that episode was ass. OK, let's move on. So I'm going in reverse order of my favorite episodes. OK. Let's see. I'm going to go, uh, might be a hot take. I'm going to go with Jonas Awful as the next one. Although it wasn't a bad episode. So here's the thing. Maisie Day was the only really bad one. Everything else was enjoyable for me. Jonas Awful is the first one of the season, I think, for episode one of, of season six. And it, for the, for the life of me, cause I maybe, I only watched two or three seasons of Shit's Creek. For the life of me, I, I, the, the girl who plays Joan, her, her face, doesn't stick with me but i know who she is and towards the half of the episode i was like i have to look her up because i know i've watched her and and i realized it's the girl from schitt's creek and then they go super meta and actually say it actually is the actress annie murphy played uh playing her playing joan you know it was like a very meta thing and i liked it i liked it i mean it, it it does a deep dive on uh our obsession with streaming and our obsession with kind of, you know, everybody watches. I, I think it really highlighted how everybody watches the trending show. Like when Squid Games came out on Netflix, like everybody watched fucking Squid Games, right? So when you're a, a show about your life goes viral, everyone's going to know about it. And the other thing that I'm sure that, you know, it wasn't very subtle. They put it on, uh, you know... It's like you signed away your rights to yourself when you signed up for Streamberry or some shit like that, which is a knock on people like me and you who probably don't read all of the 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 terms of uh the terms and conditions when we sign up for apps and shit, right? So Jonas Awful was pretty good. I mean, Selma Hayek was pretty good. And it's a lighthearted episode. It's one that doesn't make you want to, you know, smoke a cigarette after. So it's it, if you're looking for a light black mirror episode it would it would probably be up there with like nosedive in terms of like uh feel like nosedive uh i don't like to say san junipero because san junipero was kind of heavy but the ending of san junipero is nice in that in that regard uh, i'm trying to think of other like less less uh depressing episodes like that i mean the miley cyrus one right ashley too it would it'd probably be in the same realm and overall, it was it was okay. It was enjoyable, and and it was the first episode that I watched. So I was like, oh, okay. At least the season won't completely suck if everything else sucks. So that's number two out of five, right? It's five, right? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Uh so what? Now going backwards. Now there's only three episodes that I have to discuss. These ones are kind of tough because I enjoyed each one, uh, very much. I would say. Beyond the Sea is a hot take of being at number three because a lot of people have Beyond the Sea at number two or number one for this season. Beyond the Sea is the one with Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett. God bless Josh Hartnett's beautiful face. But Aaron Paul is 
the the guy. You know, he's the scene stealer in this show. Kate Mara is in there as well, who plays the hot wife of Aaron Paul. Um, yeah, I mean, Beyond the Sea was was pretty solid, but. I guess the thing about Beyond the Sea, the reason why I put Beyond the Sea below the next two that I'm going to talk about is because uh, maybe 15 minutes into the episode, I already knew what was going to happen. I had two guesses of what would happen, and if they pulled off either ending, then I already knew I was right. So one of the endings was that Josh Hartnett, in my mind, would either kill Aaron Paul and permanently take a spot on Earth as a, you know, pretending to be him, or the other one is that uh, Josh Hartnett would kill the family just like his family died. So I, I those were the two endings that I called, and I I got it. I got one of them at the end, but the acting alone was was great. Even I mean, not outside of Aaron Paul, I thought Josh Hartnett and Kate Mara did a a great job as well. And and I've always said it right. Even if something's predictable, if it's executed well, it's not a bad thing. Uh, the concept is nothing new. It, it reminds me a lot of Avatar, right? Like Avatar, like James Cameron, Blue People Avatar. It has themes of that because of you know the avatars on space out on Earth. It gives you feelings of. I'm trying to think. There are a lot of movies where like there's like body switching or people like inhabiting people's bodies. So it gives those kind of vibes. And I would rank it, like, if I overall, in terms of where would I put Beyond the Sea, it would be in, like, the B tier. Like, you know, it's a good episode to get people into Black Mirror, I would say. Like, if, if you have a friend, or maybe you're listening and you don't give a fuck about the show, it's, a, it's an episode I would recommend because it's not overly complex. But it still hits hard, and it does involve technology. And I was also reading about it. I was, I was kind of curious as to why they said it in like the 70s or like late 60s and it's because i mean not it's not really confirmed but on through the reddit comments it it shows why josh hartnett's character after his family died didn't receive any sort of like psychological care and i guess that wasn't a big thing in the 70s right it's only recently we've kind of adapted to mental health especially for men uh it wasn't really seen as like men men don't need, you know, uh, go, men don't need to go to a therapist. That was kind of the mindset in the 70s. So I guess that was one of the reasons they said it in the past. And also maybe to show that, I mean, they have the technology to build this fucking avatar thing. They should have been able to get back on Earth. I know they explained it that they're like three years away or whatever. But at that point, you got to send the man back home to Earth, man. He's checked out, right? So yeah, that's the, that's, that was, a, I found that an interesting kind of, uh, I found it, I found that part interesting as to why they said it in that era. Because it, it left me, it answered the questions that I was like, why the fuck would they said it in this era with this crazy technology that they have? The other, the other thing I guess that, um, I, I couldn't really wrap my hand around was like, why, if these people are, you know, well-known celebrities on Earth, like their doppelgangers are celebrities on Earth, wouldn't they have more protection? Like, these, this is like a super expensive fucking thing, I'm assuming, for the government, right? Like, wouldn't they be in a more protected area? How did the Manson fucking, you know, the Manson-esque family come in and fuck up Josh Hartnett's family? And that was fucking dark, by the way, right? To have to watch your wife and kids die to fucking Kieran Culkin? <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, Beyond the Sea, man, number three. All right, here we go, friends. I am on the fence about this one, and 
because it's weird because a lot of people rank Demon 79 as a bottom tier one for the season. I'm going to go on a limb and say that, okay, I will put Demon 79 at number two. Demon 79, and and I get people's gripe with it, and it's also the thing that I kind of complain about for the season, is it doesn't really talk about technology at all. I can't really grasp the technological connection in this episode. Um, it is a, if it was a different, like, if it was just a standalone episode of another show or of a different anthology, or if it was just a movie, right? I thought it was very entertaining. Um, the the episode is if you haven't if you if you haven't seen it yet, it's about this girl who ends up like accidentally signing a blood pack with a demon, and she has to perform three human sacrifices. And the demon actually is a pretty charming, uh, like character and she he's like there next to her and talking to her i don't know who plays the demon or the in the main indian girl but i thought they were really good they had great chemistry i just don't get the connection to technology but as a standalone piece of entertainment i was very very um i was very invested and at the end right i know because this is a spoiler filled thing at the end i was like holy fuck was she crazy and I, as dark as it seems, I was kind of happy that she was right. I was kind of happy that the world ended. <laughs> you know? Uh, it gives shades. I guess it, the only shades of Black Mirror-related feel to it is the... Uh, if you ever watched the, the entire history of you, where you can see the... You know, you can kind of rewind people's memories. They kind of give the demon that power... To look at people's lives ahead of time and before shit. So I guess that that's a connection. Uh, so yeah, I know most people probably would not have this at number two, but I actually do. So which leaves number one for me for the season, Lock Henry. And I talked about it on Halada Show a little bit, but it's the one where uh, these two, I guess, college age kids go to uh their town in where is Locke? Is that in fucking Ireland? One of one one of those places in UK. And they decide to film a true life crime or a real a true crime documentary regarding a uh serial killer that kinda fucked people up, you know, in years prior. And the reason I have this at number one is A, because it's the most black mirror esque episode, I guess next to uh, Across the Sea. It it's 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 the it's the one that focuses most on technology slash obsession with technology in or not just technology but obsession with pop culture and screens and shit and in this in and in this case it really takes a jab at people who are obsessed with true crime documentaries podcasts and whatnot whatnot and you know I'm I've never been a huge fan of that stuff although i do enjoy some like you know i mean i remember watching don't fuck with cats and enjoying the first what two episodes they they made that shit way too long but you know i i i'm not i'm gonna say that i'm guilty of enjoying true crime stuff uh because it it is engaging um i also really enjoyed american vandal that's a mockumentary on true crime and i thought that show was so fucking good like season one and two. So if you haven't seen American, is it American Vandal? I just want to make sure I get it. American Vandal. Yeah, if you haven't seen American Vandal, 
go watch season one and two. It's very entertaining. And here's the kicker. It doesn't really, no, it doesn't bring in real life, uh, real life trauma. <laughs> and I think that's what Locke Henry really tackled. I mean, they, they, they kind of hammer it in the end. They hammer home the message that, man, when we watch this stuff, we are really enjoying, we are finding entertainment in the hurt and trauma and suffering of other people. And most of the time, we don't think about that shit because we are just so invested in the story. And here's the thing. It's a story. It's spun in a way that makes it entertaining. Uh, and that's why there was a lot of clamor behind the Jeffrey Dahmer series, right? People were there were people it was number one on Netflix but then there were a certain sect of people myself included I guess saying like I don't really know why I would want to watch this because I don't give a fuck about Jeffrey Dahmer he's a piece of shit and like why would I want to watch a show where he just ends up killing everybody and seeing the atrocities that he did right so Lock Henry for me is the number one episode because a there it has a great twist I think it's a great twist I didn't see I did not well, I kind of saw it coming, but at the same time, the way they executed it was uh, pretty well done and pretty haunting. It has the most memorable, like, haunting twist um, imagery, in my opinion, of of this season. Uh, the acting was pretty solid all throughout. I really like the, the, the friend of the main guy who is the son of the bar owner. I thought he was fantastic. I don't know who he is, but if you watch the episode, maybe he stood out to you as well. The the main girl, the 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 light skinned black girl, I've never seen her in anything, and I thought she did a great job of portraying somebody that is obsessed with well, a fame, but also obsessed with giving you the truth in film, on film, but in a sensationalized manner. And I thought she encompassed that very well. The main dude reminded me of the dude from Ratatouille. I don't know if that's a mean thing to say. But I just went every time I saw him on screen, and he was good. He was a great actor. But every time I saw him, I was like, this fucking guy looks like the guy who who is being controlled by the rat in Ratatouille. What's his name? Linguini. (laughs) Fucking, he looked like Linguini, bro. So I just could not really take him that seriously simply because he looked kind of goofy. But overall, I would put it right there at number one for season six. And that's Black Mirror. That's a spoiler-free, uh, spoiler-filled Black Mirror breakdown for you. If you watch Black Mirror or if you are going to watch it, even if you, you know, maybe you're one of those people that doesn't care about spoilers. If you watch it after listening to this, please message me. You know, there's somebody who I talked to about Ted Lasso a couple weeks ago who said they finally started watching it. And we, we, we talked for maybe, I don't know, like 20 messages back and forth discussing you know, Ted Lasso, because I really enjoy when people listen to my recommendations. And then I, you know, I always tell you guys, I always go on Reddit to see what other people think. And to me, connecting with someone through this podcast uh, is a great way for me to really, you know, talk to people about stuff that I am interested in. And I hope that you get interested in, in it, too. So let me know if you hated fucking Maisie Day as much as I did. All right. That's the podcast for today. Wish me luck. And getting over my imposter syndrome uh, from that one racket I had yesterday. If you have experienced similar things or if you just want to give me words of advice. Because I'm sure that maybe you guys have bounced back from a bad day. uh, Or maybe you're really good at your job but just one fucking day you just didn't do it. You couldn't do it. Please give me some, some words of advice because I'm really feeling it right now. So... 
Uh, I will try to enjoy, I mean, I'm going to enjoy my weekend. You know, life is good. I just did some voiceover work. I went to Landers. I bought some fucking watermelons because the produce was 50% off today only, I think, at Arcovia Landers. So I'm uh, just going to eat healthy, enjoy my weekend, and I'll catch you all. Say it with me later. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.